Our God has been so wild lately. He doesn't seem to listen, he doesn't obey my commands, and we can't even bribe him with treats. He's gotten so out of hand, he may even have to be put down. God is not the problem here. The problem is the people who want to be the leader of the pack. We reintroduce God. We retrain people. You're listening to The God Whisperers. A little music for Bill. Baby shark, do do do. Yes. Do 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 do. Baby shark, do 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 do. So you're listening to the world famous God Whispers. I'm Craig D'Onofrio. I'm Bill Swirla. Baby shark. I've got baby shark in my head, Bill. Baby shark. What are we listening to, Craig? What is this? What? Paul is back to school teaching. Oh, no. And she's got preschoolers and kindergartners. Oh, uh, oh, gosh. So she got this baby shark song in my head. (laughs) And most of of our listeners who have kids or, you know, have had kids in the last couple of years or a few years know, know this a little too well, this whole... Yeah, this takes you back to sort of the minivan, the minivan vacation. Play it again. Preschoolers love it. It's all the rage with the preschoolers. <laughs> Why? I don't know, but I now I feel compelled to learn it on the ukulele. Have you ever noticed that like preschoolers are like very short, insane people? That's pretty much what they are. They're, yeah. they're nuts. Hey, kindergartners are pretty much the and, same. And they have they, they have no peripheral vision and no sense of space. They just crash into you constantly. If they're walking straight ahead, they will not veer to the left <laughs> or to the right. They'll just walk <laughs> right into you. Well, you, you have a preschool at your church there. I do. So I got you, 70 you get a kids. Lot of, uh, you get a lot of exposure to this kind of thing. Oh, I, I try to stay as far <laughs> away as possible. Oh, yeah. man. We've noted Baby, since... What's the song called? Baby Shark. Baby Shark. Yeah. And the kids love this. It's awesome. Grandma Shark. Goes, oh, Baby man. Shark. How big is the shark. family? Grandma Shark. And then you got Papa Shark. You got Grandma Shark. And then Grandpa Shark. And then you have the little fish. And then the... Grandpa Shark. And then the sharks try to eat the fish. And and the, there's like so this, this whole So this goes story. on and on and on, doesn't it? It's it's pretty awesome. We'll revisit it throughout uh, yeah. the program. We'll just, I fear that we are. So. We'll just kind of come back to it so on occasion. the lovely Paula is working again. Yes, my sugar mama is back to work. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah. And and teaching the little ones, preschool and kindergarten. Oh, huh? no, she's got preschool through eight. Oh, oh gosh, that's insane. Yeah. Yeah, she's, so, she's got everything. How many total kids does she have? Well, she's teaching at two schools. Two school, man, two schools. Yeah, I really don't know total number. I would guess probably 500-ish. Wow, Maybe wow, wow, wow. Between three and 600, I would guess. You know, I teach, a, uh, I do a, a choir, a kid's choir with our after-school program. We have kind of an after-school Oh, yeah, yeah. You thing. told me a little bit about that. Yeah. How's it going? It, it goes okay. Uh, yeah. But we do about half-hour rehearsal. And I'm done. I'm spent for the day. <laughs> I, I have to go home. i got to mix a gin and tonic. You know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm wasted. I'm emotionally wrung out, uh, and there's nothing left of me. And I think of, like, I... I know a music teacher named Hannah, and I know I know Paula. How do they do this? 
Well, as you know, Paula has infinite energy. She does, and she has she, the kind of the, the she has sort of. She reminds me in many ways of Christina Tosi, the baker, the Mamafuku Milk Bar. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Baker lady. If, if you ever seen anything, she has a really good um, Chef's Table uh, episode, season five on Netflix. Uh, I think you've seen table. that one. Yeah, yeah, but she's like a little kid trapped in an adult body. Oh yeah, yeah. She's got this yeah. little kid's approach to baking. That's that's kind of Paula. Paula's got this. She's like this this little kid. Whoa. Well, let's enjoy this. Yeah, okay. <laughs> random stuff. This is this is this is the uh, the random episode. A little lemker. Speaking of music, huh? Yeah. <laughs> He's like the Spike Jones of of Lutheranism. <laughs> <laughs> Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling. Would somebody answer the phone? <laughs> all right, enough of that. I accidentally touched the soundboard, but yeah. that that bottom row is is all Lemker. So all Lemker all the time. So how how long are her classes? Uh, they are, I think she said 50 minutes. So they're, okay. they're actually pretty long classes. That is long. Yeah. Man, I would like to sit in like behind a one-way mirror or something. So, so you don't mess the vibe, mess up the vibe of the class, but I would love to see how a professional does this because oh, gosh. I, I can't do it. I, I well, try. First, first thing you have to realize about Paula is she is the Pied Piper for children. <laughs> so we, we, wherever we go, if there's a child there, she's ma- they are magnetically drawn to her. Yeah. And she brings this excitement and exuberance with her. They say, hi, sweetie. How are you? Oh, oh, what a pretty dress. And, you know, next thing you know, there are eight kids following her around the <laughs> restaurant or something. It's, it's it's crazy. Okay. So she has she she has some she has a gift. She has something going. It for is her. a gift. Yes. It's it's pretty. Not everybody has this. No. No, it's unique, and and so she is uniquely suited for this vocation. I, I have a I have kind of a a conflicted relationship with kids. They like me at first. Well, it's like adults too, for that matter. They like me at first, and then they increasingly hate me. <laughs> that kind of ex- explains my whole relationship with you too. <laughs> it doesn't. It? The more you get to know me, the less you like me. And the more I get to know you, the less I want to be around you. See, That's, so this is there's like a mutual repulsion that kicks in at it's, some it's point. It's good that we're 2,500 miles apart. Oh, it is. It, it, the show would not have lasted <laughs> had had uh, we still had you still been living in in Orange County. In, in mom's basement. In mom's, well, recording at mom's mom's table. It did have a certain vibe that has been impossible to recapture. You got to admit, it, it, it requires a lot of Kincaids to be around <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, the awful Thomas Kincaid. And what a but, special but, friend you are. Oh, <laughs> I think I'd rather listen to the shark. Put the shark song back on. Oh, we need little little shark music. Yeah, here. we need some shark Uh-oh. music. I went, I went too far. This the is other like way. Shark Week. <laughs> Mama Shark. Do, 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 do. 
Oh, we, we were up to the fishes, and then I, I clicked on the wrong thing. You mean you're back to We, we got to start over again? No, no. I, I jumped in at Mama Shark. <laughs> do you ever try to... Do, do you know what the guy who sings this looks like? Doesn't he sound like that? Who is that Who is that guy we used to make fun of all the time That who wrote that horrible millennial song? Not uh, millennial as in generation, but millennial as in apocalyptic. Oh, oh, Larry Norman. Larry Norman. Doesn't this kind hey. of sound like like Larry Norman's like uh, nice, e- nice twin? <laughs> it kind of does. Kind of does. By the way, funny you should mention this because I got an email uh, earlier this week that Larry Norman's house is up for auction. Oh man, we should buy it. It's it's in, turn it into uh, God Whispers headquarters. It's in Oregon. And it's actually Whoa. really, really, it's it's a cool mid-century modern house up in Oregon. That's your style. It is. It's, it's actually very cool. But they, <laughs> they want like half a million dollars for it or something. Because it's not worth it. Larry Norman. Well, They're I They're lining up it, for that one. It might be in a good neighborhood. I don't know how much property there is and all that. But um, I think it was, was it Salem, Oregon? I can't remember if it was Salem or where. But uh, yeah, anyway, it... it um, that's weird. It's up for sale as as is a bunch of his stuff. His brother is uh, is clearing B- out Bob the Norman or what? Who's what's, what's his brother's name? Uh, Harry, Harry Lar- and Larry. <laughs> no, I don't know. tell me it's not true. <laughs> no, I I can't remember. It was like Christopher or something. Oh, I can't man. I can't remember. What was that? But, I wish uh, we'd all been ready. Oh yeah, back from the the deep archives of the GW. Remember that horrific song? He kind of sounds like this. It's it's apocalyptic bread. Remember that that group bread? Yes. <laughs> you found Baby, it. Baby, I want you. It's on my soundboard still. It never <laughs> goes away. Okay, play this and the shark song together. Uh, not together, but just get a couple of lines. Man, that's a long do, do, intro. Do, Papa Shark. <laughs> Grandma Shark. Do, 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 do. Grandma Shark. Grandma Shark. Yes, yes. I wish we'd all been Children died, the days grew cold A piece of bread could buy a bag of gold I'm a shark Grandpa shark There's no time to change your mind The sun has come And you've been I think we're on to something. I haven't I haven't had a GW laugh like that in a long time. Well, I knew when I heard the shark song there was raw material there. I just didn't know this We're gonna call this episode Shark Week. That is yeah. so funny. That's good stuff. So maybe we can look into uh, check out on Zillow, see what see what it's going for. Maybe we can kind of work out some deal. Uh, let, let me. Uh, let me I like bring... I like Oregon. Oregon is nice. Yeah, a little wet. I, I but, could retire uh, there. Oh yeah. Unless you know arthritic, that could be pretty hard actually on on your bones. Yeah, well, you always take that risk. The heat's no fun either. I mean, they all go flock into Phoenix, but that is just hotter than Hades down there. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so th- this was sent to me by my friend uh, Paul Wagner, his pastor up in uh, New York. Yeah. And uh, he, um, 
He he's an old Christian rock fan from back in the seventies. A modern mission Let's fan? See. No, well, he actually, yeah, he 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 found modern mission in some Christian encyclopedia or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> the ten worst but, bands of Christian. Let me see. There there are two links here. Here it is. Yeah. Salem, Oregon. Yeah, four hundred eighty four thousand nine hundred dollars. Five bedrooms, four baths. Wow. Wow. Forty five hundred square feet. Man, that's a deal. That Gosh, does not look that bad. I mean, in California, that's about two and a half mil. See, it looks small because it's one of those houses that's kind of set into the hill. Yeah. So it's got like this big walkout basement kind of thing. And okay. Everything. So All right. it's, it's deceptively. That sounds uh, good. Larger than, than we could. We could make that GW headquarters. The old, the old Larry Norman. <laughs> Well, it was the headquarters for uh, Larry Norman's label was called Solid Rock or Solid something Rock. like that. Solid Rock. Well, we can. <laughs> that's what we're, we're Spiral right there. Staircase. Ooh, it's it's nicely updated. Also, it's actually very cool. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I can, I can imagine the tiki bar you could put in there. Oh man, that would be sweet. It'd actually. make the Royal Ohana room look like just a warm-up gig. Yeah, well, it kind of is because you know I'm going to move to bigger and better things. When, Are you? Uh, when do I win you, the lottery? Do you think? Do you do you think that that <laughs> uh, the Royal Ohana room? Do you think that's a selling feature or is it a liability? Uh, you know, the deal is if you clear out all the tiki stuff, it's still a nice finished area. Okay, so so, so it's not it's not tiki dedicated. It is as long as I'm here. But, <laughs> no, but but the, but <clears throat> you, you could clear out all that. You'd probably want to paint the walls a lighter color. Oh yeah, because it's it's dark and it's and, intentionally dark because and tiki the black rooms are lighting to be dark. and the, the 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 velvet art. But that's that just comes. Oh man, you're killing me because I want velvet art. I don't I know have you any. Do. I know you do. You're when you're coming. Any out GW here, listeners, if you have some velvet paintings in the garage that you're just right, I don't even know what the to cheesy do with. Mexican knockoffs. Okay, my, the my stuff they sell. Grandparents left this garbage laying around, and I don't know what to do with it. Yeah, send, send it, it to me. Send it. Send it to me. If it glows in the dark, even better. But you don't know that sometimes till you put it under good black light. Well, I don't know. I'm not so much into the glow in the dark stuff. Hey. But the Velveteria, the, the Museum uh, of Velvet Art, they have an entire blacklight room. It's awesome. The the old Polynesian stuff, the Tahitian stuff, especially that, it's gold. It's pure gold. The, um, they, they, in the Velveteria, they actually, the bathrooms are galleries, too. Oh, man. They have, I got to go there. They have Frank Zappa taking a crappa. <laughs> it's it's just it, I, I mean I didn't make that up. I mean it's this is it's just unbelievable. No. Grandpa Shark do 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 Grandpa Shark. That's the best worst thing we've come up with since Jesus is a friend of mine. Have you noticed that Jesus is a friend of mine has new life in social media? It's come up again. I know it's come back. What's and, that all and about? People are acting as if they've just discovered it. I know it's, it's like newsflash. It's decades old. We've been we've been doing this for ten years, and it was old when we got it. All right, I think it's time to go to the mailbag, Craig. What do you think? The mailbag. Let's do it. Hey, the God Whispers mailbag brought to you by Larry Norman's Velvet Paintings. Bill. <laughs> uh, this and comes, baby sharks. This comes from. 
M and M, a former employee of Jamba Juice or Orange Julius should buy the shop next to the Sweet Jesus ice cream place and call it Allahu Akbar, a premium juice and smoothie bar. Then some enterprising Hispanic Jew can buy the shop on the other side and open a Latino-themed adult beverage establishment called Have a Tequila. <laughs> I like that one. Have a Tequila. Now, he's got a great idea. That's some pretty good punny stuff there. Yeah, well, you, you knew that was going to happen. But he's got yeah. a great idea. He says, as long as we're eschewing mores... Boy, that's that's a mouthful right there. Eschewing mores and using common exclamations. Let's get away from the blasphemous to the simply vulgar. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm all for that. What about you? And put a standalone restaurant um, on the outlot and call it. And this is a great name. You know, with, with all the people who are easily triggered by words and phrases and food. Yes. You know, you got your gluten-free, your vegetarian or vegan, your no, no. So, and and I don't even know how I don't I'm I don't think it's possible to take a date out for dinner any longer. It's too risky. It just risks a trigger event, you know. But anyway, oh, yeah. he's he's you, suggesting you're, you're uh, risking a ruptured colon these days <laughs> or something. So. He's risking, <laughs> yeah, he's risking. He's, he's he's suggesting a standalone restaurant on the outlet call and call it quote, screw it, let's eat here. That destination of eclectic dining options when your spouse and or significant other decides where to go to eat. So when you can't figure out where to go to eat, just eat at screw it, let's eat here. Anyway, just a few ideas that came to mind listening to your latest installment. It's uh, You know, this is uh, right up there with some of the uh, Vietnamese pho restaurant names. <laughs> That's what but... I wrote back to him. <laughs> I'm not going to read them here. No. No. no but... but you can use your fertile imagination. Yeah. And, uh, and, and they that, do this, that too. P-H-O is actually pronounced pho. Pho. Yeah. So, so just so you know. You're off to the races at that point. Yes. And yes. Yeah. So. Yeah. Hmm. So. <laughs> <laughs> Moving uh, on. Good times. What what was the uh, what was the uh, the first one was Allahu Allahu Akbar, a premium juice and smoothie bar. Yeah. And on the other side, a Latino themed adult beverage, uh, presumably run by Jesus, which I think that's it's sweet Jesus ice cream. I really do. It's 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 a Latino themed ice cream. They're just mispronouncing it. In Canada. Yeah, right. Well, <laughs> how many other things do they mispronounce in Canada? Hmm? Well, yeah. So, There's but, but a, all those O words. Yeah, but a, but a, yeah. a, a bar uh, named Have a Tequila. I think Have a Tequila for, for Jewish Mexicans would be really, really, that'd be just awesome. Yeah, I think the other one would get uh, you shut down blown pretty up quickly. It would be yeah, blown it would up. It would be blown up, or the owner would just be found. Hanging on a meat hook somewhere. Meat That's, hook. That's right. <laughs> All right, moving on. Dear Manly yeah. Doctors, it's been three weeks. Three weeks, count them. And all we hear is John 6 in church. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> did you do, do you, are, are you in the three-year? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Did, you do the, did you do the John 6 trilogy? I broke it up with an epistle sermon oh, in the middle. Wow, yeah. book you bookended. 
Yeah, yeah, I did. I, 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 I did. Just... I did a preacher bookend. I preached the first one. Uh, my associate preached the second one. Then I preached the third one. So, oh well, that's nice. We had overlap. We, uh, but we kind of bookended. We had kind of fun with it. But I do not know why the lectionary insists on three weeks when it could do it in one. It is a long reading, but you could right. just do the last portion of it. Say like, hmm, like forty-one to fifty-eight. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, that wouldn't be undoable. But or, or even forty-eight to fifty-eight would work. Uh, but they break it up into three weeks, and it's three weeks of bread of life. Not that that's a bad theme; that's a great theme. But three weeks. Anyway, back to the letter. It's been three yeah. weeks on John six. I'm still confused. Is John six a reference to the Lord's Supper or not? If it is, then how could Jesus have expected anybody to have understood him since he hadn't established the Lord's Supper yet? And if it isn't, how come it sounds so much like the Lord's Supper? Please help. Well, um, Lutherans have been divided on this for a long time. What? Lutherans never divide. We have never had a division in our entire. Just it's just, just that, on Facebook. I, I no, said that, uh, it's just I was that gonna... people who aren't Lutherans leave. Oh, that's what it is. There you are. I, I, Until I we're down to one. <laughs> I had I'd said on Facebook that I was going to start a group called Lutherans Behaving Badly, but the only <laughs> the only people that belong in the group would be the ones condemning it. So. It's, it's... <laughs> uh. Uh, anyway. Well, there there is conversation amongst Lutherans, and it goes back to Luther, of course, and uh, his engagement. And I don't mean an engagement in a marital sense. We're not going down that road, okay? Right. But his his conversation with uh, Ulrich Zwingli, the Swiss reformer of Zurich. Right. Right. And and it was Zwingli who took a kind of a symbolic, metaphorical view of the Lord's Supper. Namely, that the, the, the bread just stood for the body of Christ, which wasn't there. And right. the, the wine stood for the blood of Christ, which wasn't there. Swingley was very vehemently anti-Catholic. It was like, if a Catholic said it, he said the opposite. It, it, was, it, it was just like, that was his default switch was set on not Catholic. Which is interesting, because in, in the last hundred years, especially in American Lutheranism, Lutherans have become that way. In a lot of, you know, in a lot of our churches. Yeah. Well, uh, for two reasons. If it's Roman Catholic, I'm running the other direction. For two reasons, I think. One is that the the Pietists that that were the Lutherans that came here in the first place were anti-Catholic, right? Um, and also, Protestant America is anti-Catholic. Remember, it was a big deal when Kennedy got elected. Could we have a Catholic president? This yeah. was a big thing. You know, now we have Trump. <laughs> How far we've fallen. We were worried about whether we could elect a Catholic. Well, but he's, he's Presbyterian, I think. Trump? Yeah. He's a businessman. That he, It is kind of his religion. That is his religion. But <laughs> moving on. The, um, but it, it, this also goes back to Luther and his, it, it, well, the, the anti-Catholic thing. So, so... Lutherans in America tend to be more Protestant. They tend to be more pietistic than the continental Lutherans right. who might have taken a different view and are certainly more Catholic in practice. 
The other problem is that Luther, when he had this debate with Swingley in Marburg at the Black, I think it was the Black Bear Tavern. I love the fact that they got together at taverns, a fine practice. So it goes back to Swingley invoking the passage from John 6, 63. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh is of no avail. The words I've spoken to you are spirit and life, said Jesus. So Swingley's argument was, see, the, the flesh is of no help to us. It's spirit. And so all this stuff is to be understood spiritually. So the wine is a, it's, it's a symbol or it's, it stands for the blood of Christ in a spiritual sense. And so the bread, too. And so he uses John 6 as the basis for this. And Luther, of course, doesn't want to go there. He sticks firmly with the words of institution, the words of Jesus on the night he was betrayed, when he took the bread and the cup. And in fact, uh, as the story goes, he wrote on the table, which I guess was okay to do, uh, this is my body. Uh, And he says, these are the words I want to discuss. I won't depart from them. And it's in that context that he says, John 6 has nothing to do with the Lord's Supper. And so we've kind of inherited that view uh, and it comes out of a it comes out of a polemical it comes out of an argument you know that kind of a context it's kind of like it, it's the social media of the day right people say like really dumb things in the heat of social media arguments that they otherwise wouldn't say this is one of them so what what is Jesus getting at here I mean because he seems to, he, he seems to kind of go one too far with this you know I mean in in our way of thinking uh, if if he just left it at a, uh, you know, I am the bread of life, he, he who partakes of me, and so forth and so on. But then he goes on to the, for my flesh is true flesh, and, you yeah, know. Yeah, well, and then he, he kind of shifts verbs on you, because he says, uh, verse 53, truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son right. of Man and drink his blood. Okay, that's that's bad enough. Uh, bread of life, living bread from heaven. That was that was easy to swallow, so to speak. But right. then then he then he ratchets it up and he says that the bread that I give for the life of the world is my flesh. Okay, that's a little different. Right. Um, and and this automatically causes the question to come up: How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Good question. Right. We know the answer, but they didn't. Right. And uh, which the 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 letter suggests they're totally confused here. They have no idea what he's talking about. It's weird talk. In fact, drinking blood's forbidden. So, you know, what's he up to? But right. Then, not not just his drinking blood forbidden, but human blood even more so. <laughs> and, but then I mean, he ratchets it is... one further in 54 and he uses uses a, a verb that that's not eats. Eats is Chew. kind of yeah, feeds on my flesh, which is you know, eats you could spiritualize. You could you could talk about, oh, you know, partaking of the body of Christ by faith, you know, fine, well and good. In fact, early on in this discourse, that's precisely what it means. Uh, To feed on the bread of life is to believe in him. You know, whoever comes to me will not hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. So that's, that's a feeding by faith. But now all of a sudden in 53 or 54, he shifts to feeding on my flesh. Now there's no other word for drinking. So he just says it again and drinks my blood. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. You can't, this, this is entirely at the mouth level. You know, this is what you do with your food. Right. 
in the right. most literal of senses. So, so of course, this then all hell breaks loose at this point. Everybody leaves. Well, yeah. <laughs> said, hey, the miracles were fun, but he's gone off the deep end on this one. And uh, Well, all of this also follows on the tale of the feeding up of the 5,000. Exactly. And so, you know, th- this is very food-oriented to begin with. Yeah, it starts out with, with bread in the wilderness, and then Jesus moves. They all go looking for him because they thought, hey, we got a good deal here. You know, this is like this is like a chicken in every pot. And so just, you know, make him king and we'll have bread for life. And so and he knows this is what's on their mind. And so he he leads them in one of these dialogues that's common in John. You see it in the Samaritan woman at the well, you know, how they're talking about water and water. She's thinking well water. He's thinking living water. Or Nicodemus at night, a friend of mine calls Nick at night, you know, where, where, where Nicodemus comes uh, to do a little rabbi-rabbi conversation at night. And, uh, and you have this, this ambiguous born anothen, born from above or born again. You know, what's he talking about? You know, you mean you got to climb into your mother's womb a second time and be born? So, so there's this kind of ambiguity and misdirection going on. And I think Jesus does the same thing here. He starts with bread. And he takes them back to the wilderness and Moses. He makes the Moses-Exodus connection. And then he identifies himself as the bread. You know, I am the true and living bread come down from heaven. He's the one sent by the Father. Moses didn't give you this bread. Um, in fact, I think it's kind of interesting. You know, manna is actually a question. Yeah, what is it? Yeah, what is it? And so, like, for hundreds of years... For over a millennium, you, you've got this question looming from the wilderness. What is it? And finally, Jesus in the wilderness or in the synagogue at Capernaum answers the question. It's me. <laughs> so so he, he identifies himself with the manna. He is true and living bread come down from heaven. And all is well and good. You can spiritualize all of that, right? You know, just believe until in Until 54, he uses that word trogon. Well, yeah, until 52 when he says flesh, and then in 53, 54, uh, in 54, he uses trogain, which is now you cho- whoever chews on my flesh. And it's like, did you have to say it that way? <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and um, you know, it's kind of funny, too. They ask, how can this man... Well, first they say, give us this bread always. You know, he tells them about living bread uh, that you eat and you'll live forever. And they say, oh, this is great. You know, give us this bread always. It's just like the Samaritan woman. You know, oh, give me that water so I don't have to come here to the well every day. You know, water I don't have to work for. Living water. That's really cool. You know, give me some of that. But Jesus is just kind of like leading them along rhetorically, one thing after another after another, until he gets to this point. And this is kind of the breaking point, (laughs) feeding on his flesh and drinking his blood. And you have life. You abide in him and he in you. So he literally desires to be our food. And of course, they're all offended at this point. This is this is where they all kind of go. I, I'm out. You know, it's like a, <laughs> like a poker game that's gone bad. Everybody just throws their cards and that I'm I'm out. I'm gone. Well, so. I I noticed when I when I looked this up in a uh, um, a lexicon, a dictionary, and that that trogain or in this case trogone, which is a, I, anyway, um, it it wasn't just eat. It was like gnawing or munching or chewing kind of thing. And so, it, like you said, it really does go beyond just kind of the 
generic eating. It, it's it's kind of got that sense that you know, unless you chew on my flesh. <laughs> and but do you think that Jesus is just trying to thin the herd at this point because people have been <laughs> yeah. following him for the wrong reasons? That's that's right. It's it's, it's time to. <laughs> It's time to thin the herd just a little bit. Like all these people, they just, you know, they're following me because I'm the happy meal. Yeah. That, you know, that provides them bread all the time. And, uh, you know, it's time to thin the herd. I, people I think people who are following me for the wrong reason. I think there's an element to that. I, I think there's a kind of um, a ratcheting things up because they're not getting it. And of course they won't get it. Uh, th- that looming question is always there. And everybody, how's he going to do that? How can he give us his flesh to eat? This is ridiculous. And by the way, Leviticus says don't drink blood. So, you know, what's going on here? Right. There are a lot of questions. I love when it says in verse 66, <laughs> that's, that's an interesting verse, John 6, 66, after this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. <laughs> we're, we're done. Okay, that's where they cash in their chips. And Jesus says to the 12, do you want to go away as well? It's like, yeah, you, you too going to go? And Simon Peter answers, and this is, this is as close as you get to a great confession from Peter in John. Yeah, it's a good uh, one. But it's not, it's not as great as Matthew's. Um, Lord, to whom shall we go? I, I catch a note of resignation. Where are we going to go? Okay, we left everything to follow you. You're talking a little crazy here, but where are we going to go? Right, really? Right. You have the words of eternal life. Good. And we have believed and have come to know that you're the Holy One of God. So there's the confession. You have the words of eternal life, and you are the Holy One of God. It's, it's almost as though at this point, Peter's saying, we've seen enough crazy stuff here to know that you weren't just another guy claiming to be the Messiah. Yeah, it's on the heels of multiplied bread in the wilderness and walking on the water, in, on the, walking on the sea. So, right. so they have some immediate signs in their, their, their memory. And yeah, I think, I think Peter is basically saying, look, if, if that's what you say, if that's, if that's how it goes, that's how it goes. You're the Holy One of God. You got the words. Right. And so, and really, isn't that kind of the attitude that you bring to the Lord's Supper? I don't know how this works. Right. But he's got the words of eternal life. He's the one who yeah. died and rose. So we're just going to run with it, okay? And that was the Luther genius, by the way, just sticking with the words, this is my body. And he said, let's talk about those words, you know, because those are the words of the one whose words are spirit and life. Right. You, you have Zwingli, who is focusing on the do this in remembrance of me kind of thing. And you've got Luther saying, do what? What is, what is it that's happening here? Yeah, the doing is certainly uh, that Jesus would be remembered as he wishes to be remembered. You know, it's actually more ambiguous than that. Do this for my remembrance or in my remembrance. Now, who's remembering whom? Mm. <laughs> it could work the other way, that he remembers us. Uh, oh, yeah, I recognize my body and blood in that one. <laughs> That's how I ended the sermon finally, sermon three, was he will never, he cannot deny his own body and blood. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, so what do you do with this? Okay, you got a contextual issue. This is the synagogue at Capernaum. Jesus right. has not died and risen from the dead, nor has he celebrated that Passover with his disciples on the night he was betrayed, right? So you don't have the upper room thing yet, nothing. Uh, all you have is multiplied bread in the wilderness, a little walk on the water, and then this stuff, uh, this 
whether it's one sermon or whether this is, you know, stitched together, however this goes, you've got this discourse in John 6. And the question is, is the referent the Lord's Supper? I'm going to say indirectly yes. Simply because it just screams the Lord's Supper. Right. I mean, throughout the whole thing. I mean, you've got body, blood, eating, drinking, Christ. Um, You know, how, how do you say this is not? I, I don't know. Yeah, it's like when when they ask, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? You know, you feel like you want to be that, that smart kid in the back, you know, with their, with his hand up. Oh, oh, you know, I know, I know, call on me, call on me, you know. But but they don't know that yet. Nobody knows that. No, Nobody knows of, of the Passover fulfilled, the greater Passover, this night in which he was betrayed when he says, take this bread and eat it, this is my body. So that's how he gives his flesh to eat. But they don't know that yet. So is it fair to say that uh, the referent uh, of this text is the Lord's Supper when it's being preached in a synagogue that has not a clue as to what he's talking about? Well, I yeah, and, and part of me wonders how much of this is Jesus throwing out for shock value. <laughs> the, the shock and awe Jesus. I mean, because he doesn't do this on the hillside. He does it in the synagogue. That's where, an interesting concept. I mean, that, these are people yeah. who know the law of God. They know the Levitical law. You are not supposed to eat, eat uh, or, or drink blood. As a matter of fact, you have to cook your lamb well done, which right. is an abomination in and of oh, itself. Oh, yeah, overcooked but, lamb is really bad. <laughs> you know, so I can't help but to think that Jesus is is just really tweaking them a little extra here and going over the top. And and I I think that Peter's response is is really good because it's, Lord, I don't understand what the heck you're going on about, but... You've had the truth all along, and you've done amazing things in our seeing, and we're with you, even though we don't we don't understand a word that you're saying. Exactly, right I, I think Peter's response <laughs> is is it's a resignation kind of exactly. It's, like, yeah, it's, okay. it's intellectually weak, yeah, and it's faithfully strong. It, it's strong in faith. It says, "Look, I don't, I have no clue as to what you're talking about, but you have the words, and nobody else has the words you have. So where else are we going to go?" Right. And I think, I think we're in the same position as Peter. Yeah. When, whenever we come to the Lord's Supper, we're in exactly the same position. You have the words of eternal life. I have no idea how this can be, and I'm not even going to entertain any speculations. I'm just going to open my mouth and receive it because you said so. That's it. Right. So it's a, it really is kind of, I think it's an exercise of faith in many so respects. You know, when, see... when, when he ups the ante like this, when he pushes the envelope, this is really pushing the faith thing. It's pushing yeah. them away from Moses. It's pushing them away from the, the reasonableness of the law into a new realm, a realm of just absolute trust in what he's saying. Right. Right. And I, I think that, you know, you see this somewhat fulfilled in the institution of Lord's Supper, fulfilled more in the resurrection, fulfilled more in the ascension, fulfilled in the Feast of the Lamb when we die. And and so we see that this, this fulfillment is kind of coming in waves, uh, if you will. Yeah, you know, and those who object to when they say, well, the people 
he hadn't instituted the Lord's Supper yet, so it couldn't possibly mean that. You'd have to take that same line of reasoning back to John chapter 3 in Nicodemus, where he talks about being born of water and sure. spirit. Right. And a lot of people, I, I, most people who say John 6 is not about the Lord's Supper will say that John 3 is about baptism, but the same thing applies. Baptism, at least as Jesus has it, hadn't been instituted. And I know John was baptizing, but uh, you don't really have baptism Jesus style yet. And he, yet he expects Nicodemus to understand this. In fact, he chides him. He says, oh, you're teacher of Israel. You don't even get this. Right. So uh, I think that Jesus is setting this up entirely. In other words, you can't stop at John 3. You can't stop at John 6. You have to read it all the way through to the end. And curiously in John, there is no institution of the Lord's Supper, is there? That's right. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and Paul. And Paul, yes, the evangelist, St. <laughs> <Right>. Paul. <laughs> but there's no John. In John, you get the upper room discourse, you get the sermon, you get the foot washing, so you got something to do on Monday, Thursday. You get uh, the prayer, the Jesus high priestly prayer, all good. But there's barely a mention of a meal. You, you have no clue. It's just left, it's like negative space. He, he dances around the whole thing. And I wonder why that is. Maybe John 6 is the Lord's Supper discourse in John's, in John's gospel. Maybe Ooh. it replaces the words of institution. Interesting. Because he doesn't seem compelled to write it at that point. Of course, he assumes you know it. Well, or could he be assuming that, uh, you know, is there a, a question maybe? And, of course, you get off into the exegetical uh, pinhead uh, woods with this, but... Things like Mark and Priority, where perhaps uh, Mark had already written about this. Yeah, well, that, that or, is, that's not Matthew unreasonable. Or, um, uh, John, first of all, John's quite independent of the synoptics. And just the way he treats the material, it's very clear that, that he is, is not listening to the same stories that they are. Yeah. Even, even the, the feeding of the 5,000, there's, there's overlap. But it, it's told quite differently, and it's used for different purposes. The classic is the cleansing of the temple. In John, it's up front. It's at the very beginning. Mm. Uh, in the synoptics, it's at the beginning of Holy Week. Right. But John's, John's a, I think John is a gospel for the catechized. You, you know this stuff. And so he's giving you kind of the more. Uh, and filling out what you already know, which leads to another thing. When somebody asks, well, they didn't know uh, about the Lord's Supper, so how can Jesus be talking about it to them? That's one level of reading. That's at the, that's at the level of the story itself, like you're watching a play unfolding or something. Mm -hmm. But that's never the way that the church got these, these stories. The, the church got them as the, the tradition of of those who were eyewitnesses. And so when we read John, we are reading it the way the first readers and hearers of John read it, namely as Christians who knew the right. story, and now they're hearing the words and deeds of Jesus within the context of the church. So you always read the scriptures in the context of the church. So it's almost as though John is hanging more flesh on the bones that you already have. No pun intended. <laughs> Actually, there was no pun intended, but... Uh, but I, I think you're right. I, I think what he's doing is he's filling out what they already knew. And remember, they, they weren't totally... They weren't entirely reliant on written scriptures either. You still had 
uh, living apostles floating around. You still had eyewitnesses, and they were very much right. part of the the living tradition, the testimony. Uh, as they died out, then the memoirs become really important because they that's the deposition. That's what's left. But until then, this is kind of filling out what you're hearing from a variety of voices, and it's providing a theological context to everything. I love it because it connects the Lord's Supper with the Exodus, with manna, with bread. You know, what's, what's the first time you hear about bread in the Bible? Gosh, I don't even Genesis, know. Genesis, Genesis 3, by the sweat of your brow, you'll eat your bread. Oh, yeah. Lechem, yeah, bread. Yeah. So, so bread is the food of affliction. You know, it's, it's, it's what is not fruits and nuts. Fruits and nuts you don't work for. Bread you sweat and labor and die for, you know. So, so you, you know, and then at the end, in the Revelation, there, you, there's manna again. The, 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 the believers, the baptized believers, they, they receive this hidden manna, this bread. Uh, so it's it's this thread that runs all the way through the Bible. Elijah being sustained in the wilderness on bread and water. Hmm. And so the people in the wilderness being sustained with bread and fish. And So that's a constant theme. I love that John puts it into the big, big, big context of, of Genesis to the Revelation, literally. Yeah, um, I, I don't know what else to add to all of this. I, I'm just reading uh, verse 70 and 71 here. Uh, Jesus replied, Have I not chosen you, the twelve? Yet one of you is a devil. Uh, he meant Judas Iscariot. But um, after Peter's confession of, you know, where are we supposed to go? And, and Jesus says, You're right. I've chosen you. And for this purpose, I've chosen you that you will take this message to the four corners of the world kind of thing. Except Judas. <laughs> Except he's, Judas. but He's a bum. Well, you know, but he vacated an office. That there's yeah, there's that. another little nuance to all of this. He was chosen by the Lord. He was called and ordained by the, the, the Lord himself, and he vacated his office. So that was the big deal in Acts, that they had to fill a vacancy. Right, right. and then they did, and you never hear about that guy ever no, again. No, nothing. Just <laughs> nothing. <laughs> Poor Matthias. And the then, guy, you know, he's just a footnote. And then along comes Paul. Yeah, yeah. There's plenty of legends and traditions, and and I, I like to think that they they were all doing their thing and quite productive as long as they lived. Yeah. But, but the spotlight is clearly not on him. Hey, better to be a footnote in the Bible than not in it at all, I guess. So exactly, bully for him. Exactly. I, I when I'm when I'm dead and gone, I want people to say, you know. I recall hearing a really good sermon at Holy Trinity. I can't remember who preached it, but it was a really good sermon. That would make me really happy. <laughs> Just not even remembered. Here lies Craig. He thought he was hilarious. He thought he was funny. <laughs> he thought he was hilarious. Built a great tiki bar. Yes. Yeah, I want. Could, I want to be. I want to be known. I want to be known for my tiki bar. Could, yeah, could I mix live, up a mean cocktail. I want to live life like zero impact camping. Leave no footprints, no trace that you were ever there. It was like, okay, he's gone. Can't, who was he again? <laughs> what what what's the benefit of people knowing remembering you anyway? No, no, there is There's no, no there is no that. benefit. There really isn't. They they will just they will mess with your story. Look at yeah. what they've done to Luther. Poor guy. The poor guy. I feel sorry they, for him. They named the church after him, and he said, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> true. He's like, don't that's do true. that. There's a, so, okay, there, we'll do that. There's a whole church messing up his name. Stinking Lutherans. Oh. 
Well, what do you think? Wacky religion? A little wacky religion? This is a nation that obeyeth not the voice of the Lord their God, nor receiveth correction. So what do you got for so, us? You got, uh, you, you we, got the... We'll do two, two. because okay. the first one is really short. Okay. Boxing nuns. Boxing. Pol- <laughs> this is the, the brutal brides of Christ. <laughs> Take up fighting as nuns box each other for a very good cause. And they, they made this uh, video, and they're all wearing habits, and they're, they are. they're training for the big fight. And uh, so, what, are you they know, taking on another convent? Is this sort of like uh, they they've got the Rocky theme going and all that? <laughs> uh, a group of nuns strapped on their boxing gloves let me, let in me. a bid to raise cash for a dis. I'm sorry, dilapidated orphanage. A dilapidated. Oh, they're okay. So it's a fundraiser. Yes, yeah, this, so this is like the guys who shaved their head. You right. Know, and yeah, I get it. So uh, there they are pounding on the bags and practicing their combos and all this, wearing their nuns habits. They're even doing the heavy rope work, which is pretty cool, you know, with the, <laughs> you know those big heavy ropes. Oh, and like the CrossFit and, people. Yeah, yeah, they're they're going to it. Let's see if I and, can cue uh, this up here. Yeah, oh, here we go. It's just music. Oh, those are tough looking you, nuns. You get the idea. <laughs> Don't mess with these sisters. Throw punches like girls, though. Well, they are girls. Oh, okay. They seem to be really fit, but you can't tell what those albs are wearing. Yeah. <laughs> Man, this makes me feel bad for not doing my exercises. Showing off their fighting skills. Oh, yeah. <laughs> The one tosses the medicine ball like like a fifth grade girl. Speed bag ain't too fast. I hope this isn't gonna be competitive. Now you got the one who dodges the the bag pretty well though. Yeah, she's, no, she has got a good she's dodge. Got the weave down pretty yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. This, this is kind of like Rocky meets the Flying Nun. <laughs> For years, we've been running a child's home. Unfortunately, the building now requires comprehensive uh, modernization to wow. meet sanctuary and fire, uh, sanitary and fire requirements. I don't have on my bifogies. Uh, it's about child safety, so we're taking on this challenge. Thank you. Send us money. Of course, I added this in us money, but you should have done that when you were trying to raise money. You should have. You should have done some. Uh, Hell yeah, sh- you know fat what you, guy doing boxing. Yeah, That's you know what you should something have. Something new. You, you should have done CrossFit. Okay, look you like could a have, white George Foreman. Out yeah, there. you what. could have accomplished two things at once. You're, I think you're hairier than George Foreman, though, aren't you? That's true. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. you could have. You could have done. You could have done CrossFit and and done it as a fundraiser for your modern mission. Yeah, wouldn't, I don't. Wouldn't I don't that have been that, something? I don't know that I could last more than like two minutes doing the <laughs> CrossFit stuff. <laughs> People would probably pay cash money for that, though. Yeah, you never know. So, you want to take the quiz on uh, if you're going to hell? Are okay, you a saint or a see. sinner? Are take you a this saint quiz. or a sinner? Okay, here we go. Let's everlasting let's, happiness let's, or eternal punishment. Let's start. Take the quiz. Okay, I'm starting here. Now, all of this is uh, from mirror.co.uk. Okay, so 
you're walking home and you see a wallet on the floor. What do you do? Uh, Leave it. It has nothing to do with you. Oh, go ahead and read it. Okay, pick it up and hand it to the police. Hand it to the police, but take the money out first. Finder's fee. Keep the wallet and use their cards to treat yourself to something. (laughs) All right. I'm not going to say what I picked. I'm just going to pick one, though. All right. Um, All right. So I picked it. Next. Have you ever killed an animal? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes, and I ate it, too. Yes, only accidentally. Yes, but... Oh, I did. I moved on. Sorry. If you had one wish, what would you ask for? World peace, billions of dollars to live forever. Nobody has to work again. Wait a minute. My my questions disappeared here. Oh, okay. I have the... I mean, my responses disappeared. All right. I answered mine. You are in a club. Your best friend really likes someone standing next to you. It says stood next to you, but we'll correct the grammar. But you can see them giving you the eye. What do you do? Ignore it. Mates are way more important. Mate. Now, this must be Australian or British. British. Find your mate another person they like. Mate means something different to us. Uh, I'm assuming that I'm not married in this scenario. (laughs) <laughs> find a, find your mate, safe. another person they like, and set them up with them. Wait until your friend goes to the toilet and make your move. Screw your mate and go for it. This person is gorgeous. Bros before ho- hose, man. <laughs> Bros before hose. Number one there. Go number one. Let's see. I have to think about that. You see them giving you the eye. What do you do? Um, hmm. Okay, I've, I've, I've answered it. And let's see, next question here. Would you rather be the richest person in the world but have no friends or family, be poor but have plenty of loving friends and family? Ooh, that's a tough one for me. Uh, okay, I've answered it. I I keep getting hung up on... Your doctor tells you... If you had one you, wish in the world, what would you ask for? Well, and it won't... I can't, it won't, I can't solve your IT problems. I don't get... Your, your doctor tells you you only have a week left to live, Craig. What do yeah. you do? Spend time with your family and let them know everything will be okay. Give all your money away. You don't need it anymore. Go and kill everyone who's ever done you wrong. Ooh, I like that one. Travel to the one place you've always wanted to go. Ooh, I like that one, too. Can I do all of them? Yeah, we No, you have to pick one. Can I take my family on an extended vacation? <laughs> nice try. Where I kill everyone that I hate? Moving on. You see a homeless man begging for money and you have some spare change. What do you do? Put your head down and ignore him. Pretend like you don't have anything. Give him your spare change. Forget the change. Buy him a meal and get him a place to stay for the night. Huh. Hmm. Calculating I'm, I'm go results. The- here we go. Okay, here we go. What? You're definitely going to heaven. Nah, man. Your good nature and selflessness will be given the ultimate reward. Yes. Great theology right there. <laughs> I can't get past the third question. It won't let that me answer. That tells me something right there. That that says that says that you you are so much of a sinner. You the the, the quiz won't cooperate with you. This that's a dumb quiz. Did you actually go through that? Did you did you vet this before you put this on the air? Yes, I did. And I <laughs> I actually went through it like three times and tried to 
I had to answer everything the most evil way. So possible. we're so happy. We're so happy that the Brits have come up with an Opinio Legus, the yes. the the classic. Heaven is populated with good people, and hell will be populated with bad people. This is this is the common understanding. Whether I answered everything in the most evil way, except the first one, I said that I give the wallet to the police. Yeah, and it said that I was going to heaven because I have a good heart. <laughs> and I mean well. So you were willing to kill everybody who's done done you wrong, right? Yeah. And and um, the, oh no 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 that one I said I, I would go on a trip. That's that's oh, right. Oh, see you're kind of lame on that one. If you would have gone to gone with the I'd kill everybody who's done me harm. That might have put you over the top. Hey, they're point. already dead to me, so who cares? But you know that dead is of course the most common, and it's our <laughs> reflex. It's our reflex. Whenever somebody does anything bad, oh, they'll burn in hell for this. I just heard it recently again when when they extradited some ninety five year old Nazi. Did you see that? No. Yeah, they found some guy's been living. I don't know where he's been living in the U.S. for for decades. Just you know, normal everyday life. But turns out the guy was was running some concentration camp somewhere. So off he goes back to Germany. But yeah, I don't know what they're going to do with him. But but everybody says, oh yeah, well, but he'll pay for it in hell. I, I remember Dan. Worker, I remember Dan Dan Ficorni, my first homiletics professor, said said something to the extent of, uh, heaven is populated with sinners forgive sinners who are justified for jesus sake hell also is populated with sinners who are justified <laughs> for jesus sake they just don't want to be justified so i thought okay that's a different spin on things so i'm looking at the babylon b while you're speaking here okay the b speaking of hell yeah hell introduces 13 new varieties of pineapple pizza <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. I I love pizza. I love alternative toppings, but and I like grilled pineapple too. But I I, I have never it's I've never I like found the Hawaiian it style pizza. You do? I'm, you like that? I'm not ashamed. Mm. I'm not ashamed. I don't mind ham on a pizza. I put prosciutto on a pizza all the time. But oh yeah, but that pineapple thing is just not working for me on a pizza. Do you have cheese I just don't on do it fish too? or fungus? You know, no fish or fungus. Pretty much anything else. Anchovy with. is with your people. That that should be soul food for you. Ah, uh, I I just no. Nah, I just found a, a I found a, do it for I me. found a new anchovy product. I was at Volpe in St. Louis. Oh and, yeah, and oh man, they have these. They're they're jarred. They're in one of these resealable jars. The the jar will be nice to have once the anchovies are gone. But um, and there's the little kind. They're like the kind that you get in the can, and they're packed in oil, and they're si- slightly salty, but not nearly as briny as the ones you get out of the can. But they're so good, you can actually eat them. Just if those were on a pizza whole, I'd be cool with it. I'd be great with it. But um, I mash a few up in my marinara sauce, which your grandmother did too. I'm sure. No, I don't remember Grandma ever putting. <sighs> fish in it's the essential marinara. it's essential well to that makes it not a marinara there's there's protein about? added into it it's yeah it's, it's the hidden a... protein i remember one time somebody having somebody got triggered at, a, at an italian restaurant by me because they're vegetarian and they're loving the red sauce oh the, the the red sauce is so good and they commented to the waiter about oh i'm a vegetarian i love it and then he kind of gets this look and he says oh there's fish in that <laughs> Hungry sharks do 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 Hungry sharks do 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 Hungry sharks Little fish do 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 
little fish do. Beautiful. That, <laughs> Craig, you have hit the genius level at that one. With the that, thanks yes. for listening. You can follow us on Facebook. You can, su- you can subscribe to us on iTunes or other podcast feeds. You can write us email at godwhispers at gmail.com, and you can peruse the entire archive, the body of our work at yes. godwhispers.org. Why don't you cue up that song again? I like let's, that song. Let's, uh, let's go out on this. Yeah, do, 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 little fish, do, 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 little fish, swim. Thank you to Paula for this one. Swim faster, do 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 swim faster, do 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 swim faster, swim faster, do 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 swim faster, do 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 swim faster, do 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 swim faster, swim faster, do 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 swim faster, do do Oh, the little fish are there with a giant Save whale last, who's staring down the shark. Save it last. It's like finding Nemo. Bye bye sharks. 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 <laughs>